You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Unbelievable! Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. How the hit is that little man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. To a shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. Okay. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown six pass touchdown of the game. day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, back to the practice grind, we've got some notes from the indoor session here in Miami Gardens, plus a ton of perspective from the assistant coaches and the players. We'll hear from Frank Smith, Vic Fangio, Anthony Campanelli, Austin Clark, Ronaldo Hill, Joe Casper, Deshaun Elliott, Kendall Lamb, David Long, and so much more with the practice notes weaved in there from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. Bring us home, Kenny Walker. Let's go ahead and start with the news. It's very brief today. Tanner Connor, Dolphins' second-year tight end, was activated off the PUP and was back out there at practice. Also got a look at Miles Gaskin back in the fold, Alec Ingold back out there, saw Keon Crossan getting some work back in, and also saw Cam Smith back out there, part of 11-on-11 as well. So guys getting healthier as the team continues to prep for the final preseason game and eventually here, just, what, 19 days away now, the season opener in Los Angeles versus the L.A. Chargers. Sometimes in this business or in this job or whatever the heck we're going to call it, things just go your way. And today was one of those days for me. I had questions for the coaches primarily about like a handful of players. And then those guys, after I got really good quotes from coaches and from those guys afterwards in practice as well, went on to have some of the best days in all of practice, like Deshaun Elliott, who picked off a pass in a way that I thought was very indicative of how his game has kind of come together in the last week plus or so within this system, within this scheme, as obviously a handful of guys trying to learn the new system here in Miami. So I wanted to ask questions about Deshaun Elliott to Ronaldo Hill, to Joe Casper, the Dolphin safety coach, as well as Deshaun himself. Why don't we go ahead and kick this episode off with my chat with Dolphin safety to Sean Elliott. So obviously seeing you get a, play, a chance to play a couple of preseason games, I thought you looked fast as hell out there in the Houston game. Uh-huh. How do you kind of feel the system clicking for you now a few weeks in? I think that I'm finally starting to like feel comfortable and feel confident in the system. So when I first got here, I was just kind of like find my place, especially at the beginning of training camp. I like, didn't get a chance to participate in OTAs. So like, I kind of felt like I got all my up saying, excuse my language, in the beginning of the training camp. And so um, I think finally starting to hit my groove. And I think me and Devon are starting to mess uh, a lot better. I think day-to-day, week-to-week, we'll, we'll be ready for the season. I think we'll be fine. What ways do you think the system benefits your positive skill sets? Vic um, wants the safeties to be aggressive. And being aggressive is something I'm really good at, I feel like. And uh, I think with Javon being next to me, he can help me elevate my game mentally more. So I feel like uh, I've always had the aggressiveness. I think that I can just be a little bit better when it comes to, like, reading routes and whatnot. And I think that will help me get the ball in my hands a bit more. That's something I, I've been back in my career. Maybe I, yeah, I know I've been hurt, but I feel like even when I have played, I haven't had the ball a lot. And I think I can get back to my 
Mohawk waves like I was in college. That was a pretty good uh, pick, yeah. Yeah, on, on, on the head top. Yeah, <laughs> that one down. Uh, you mentioned Javon. I saw him wearing that helmet can today. Yeah. Is that something you guys all use to kind of go back through? And that, you... that was our first time we were using it on okay. defense. So I I, uh, Mike just wanted to see, uh, I guess, just try it out. But I think he only had it for a couple of periods. But I think he wants to, like, Javon tried to get it back again. But Mike was like, nah, you're good. Like, forget it. But we'll see uh, what the footage is talking about. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool looking at, looking at it from the quarterback's perspective. So seeing it from my perspective, I'm sure guys like to see that too. Yeah, because Mike always hangs out in the post at practice, right? Yeah. He watches from that view, so he yeah. kind of wants to get that, I guess, Javon's view. You, yeah. Met, yeah, you mentioned Javon. Like, I've talked to a million people that just praise the way he sees the game and obviously the physical talents, too. Like, yeah. what have you taken from him in your short amount of time with playing with Javon? Um, he's taught me a couple things, especially, like, breathing, because sometimes, like, my, my breathing can be a little bit off, and that can kind of get me antsy, especially I already am a jittery guy sometimes. So <laughs> my breathing helps a lot. His, him help me how to breathe to kind of, like, help me slow down a little bit and, like, read things a bit slower. I mean, yeah, I feel like I'm a smart guy and I'm good at being a vocal leader when I'm on the field, but I feel like just that like, kind of like can help me get settled back in my, to my zone. Like not just like having everybody else lined up but getting me back to where I can make plays myself. I think that's helped me a lot. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, take care, like, take on routes and matching routes better when I breathe like that. Yeah, I thought you playing down in the red zone was pretty pretty good this week, especially that, that fourth, that four down stop. Like, oh, you yeah. had two plays, right, where you were yeah. you were going to get there, but then yeah. the pass rush got home. Oh, yeah, that was going to be all mine too. <laughs> I thought that was going to be a pretty good <laughs> oh, yeah. for you. Um, so just watching practice, help me as an amateur, you know, football savant, as I call myself, just trying to kind of read things as they play out. It seems like busts are few and far between. Mm-hmm. It seems like the roof is always in the defense. And you guys, like, I know it's a lot of deep balls that go incomplete. Like, you guys are kind of dapping each other up. Like, yeah, that was good shit. Am I seeing that right? Like, are you guys connecting to the defense and what the rules are here pretty quickly? Of course. I feel like especially now, I think that we are holding each other accountable. That's the thing, like holding a teammates accountable so you can hold yourself accountable. And I think that um, goes a long way for us. And I think we know you like you lose games the big, biggest possible plays. So we always talk about nothing over 20 yards. So make sure you don't give nothing over 20 yards. And just make sure you just kind of like bid, don't break type of defense. And I think once you bid and don't break, then the, the turnovers happen. Force the offense to mess up. Once they mess up, we take advantage of those uh, situations. Last one for you, McDaniel from Fangio. McDaniel mentioned how detailed he is. I've heard yeah. that from several of you guys. Two was talking about it. Like defensive yeah. guys have talked about it. Just kind of talk about how how detailed Vic is and what, um, what separates him from. You know, he's he's heralded as this great all-time DC. Yeah. Why is he in that ranking? Do you think? I feel like because um, he expects perfection. And he's not going to BS you. He's going to tell you exactly what it is. He's not going to be like, oh, you did okay there. No, he's going to tell you, I don't like that. I think you can play this better and tighter. And like, He's going to be very on you about certain things. And I think that's best for us. I don't think sugarcoating is good for us. I think as long as he's being himself, that's what's going to get out, um, get the best out of us. He's going to play the best players, no matter who it is. As long as you're going out there doing your job and making plays, he's going to play you. He doesn't care about, um, about status. He doesn't care about contracts. and care about none of that. He cares about ball. He's all ball, and that's what I appreciate about him. We know about Deshaun's ability to come down and lay the lumber, both in the running game, you know, from depth at the safety position after the fact or after the catch, I should say. But I think that the way that he's kind of putting himself in position to make those plays in camp has been evident throughout, and it just continues to get sharper and tighter. And you heard him talk about it there, like getting all the mess-ups out of the way early as you kind of work your way through OTAs and training camp to fine-tune your game and hone in on the things you want to specifically drill You know, come the regular season. I think you've seen that progression with Deshaun Elliott. I think you've seen it with a lot of the players on this defense going back from OTAs all the way through training camp. And, you know, it's not learning quickly 
you know, in this job, the training camp results are not the end-all, be-all. But going back to last year and even comparing training camps feels like maybe a little bit disingenuous. But like I said to him in that interview, just the number of deep balls, the, the communication bust, the, the things breaking down in the back end. And last year we had all the injuries that certainly piled up, and there's been even more depth added this year. But it's been a very tangible difference this season, I think, against an offense that's pretty similar in terms of the you know the playmakers. Haven't had you know Jalen Waddle out here for a little bit now, and we've seen some guys banged up and in and out of the lineup. But for the most part, I think you can kind of track the defensive progress and the way they've taken to the scheme with the production they've had in these practices and now through two preseason games where the defense has been really, really good. So you heard from Deshaun Elliott there. I want to play some more sound and, and kind of play this theme throughout the course of the podcast because I was really curious to get people's takes on Vic Fangio, one of my favorite Twitter accounts at there, out there, at The Honest NFL. And he touched on the idea of how Vic Fangio has installed this defense so many times in his career or, you know, variations or core principles of the defense that that year one, you know, learning curve isn't quite as steep for a coach like him. And a lot of that is because of the detail and the way he really emphasizes the rules and gives you exactly what to expect or what he expects. So I kind of used that and went about the coaching staff and the players and asked those questions. Let's start here with Dolphin safety coach. Joe Casper. Oh, well, Vic is, is, is the best in, in maybe in the history of the game at details, fundamentals, and technique. Uh, you know, he's a, a world-class coach. That goes without being said. You don't need, you know, you don't need me to tell you that. Um, but he, he's, he's on top of it in terms of details, fundamentals, techniques, and that's something we, we try and do every single day harp on is, okay, what's the fundamentals associated with the job? How do we train those in Indy? How do we train those in, in the team periods? How do we comment on those, correct those post-practice in the film sessions? But the details is so important to me is it's not just do your job, it's do your job with savvy. And there's freedom within our schematics to be able to accentuate guys' abilities differently. And we want them to take advantage of that freedom and that detailed understanding to not just do, do check a box, but to take it to the next level and do your job with savvy. Do the extra that's within yourself to be able to execute at a high level. And, and right now we've got a group that's done a great job with that through, through two preseason games. And then back to Coach Casper on the similar idea of how the install can happen quicker when you have an experienced coach like Vic Fangio. Well, I'll say this. I think that anytime you come in and, and, you're, and you're working within a scheme like this, you're definitely going to have some hiccups. We've gone through a lot of those in spring. We had a really devoted group in the spring. And we've come back now in fall camp. And these guys, it's on the players. The players have done such a phenomenal job of taking to the scheme, taking to the execution, owning the execution within that. Um, they've just done outstanding. And that's why you don't see those things right now, knock on wood. Yeah. yeah, the players have owned that. And, you know, that's a tribute to them. It's a tribute to Javon's leadership in the room. Even guys like Jalen Ramsey's leadership within the room, uh, X's leadership within the room, to execute those details so that we can get into some of that, that savvy that I'm speaking on because we're not dealing with day one type corrections as much. And that's, that's, that's to the player's credit. To the player's credit, again, that theme of communication on the back end and things just being really buttoned up tightly. Wanted to go to passing game coordinator Ronaldo Hill to get his take on how he's viewed the communication in that back end and how things are coming together now. What are we, three, four weeks in the camp? Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the way the guys have been progressing. Um, uh, we talk about, you know, having ownership and quarterback in the back end. And, uh, you know, I think those guys have been doing a really good job, and uh, they're finding their niche within it, and uh, that's what you want um, because, 
we know when Sunday hits, you know, it'll be live bullets, and they got to be able to go out there and solve problems, and uh, they're doing a good job with it. I mentioned we did see Cam Smith back on the practice field today. He was involved in team drills and found himself around the football once again, and that's been a theme throughout the course of camp with really the entire defensive backfield, guys that know how to anticipate what they're about to see and start driving and putting themselves in position to get their ahead of the football arriving or the player making his break. And Cam Smith, you know, you go back to his college tape at South Carolina and the great Brett Coleman over at the Bootleg Football Podcast just continues to rave about how much he loved his tape at South Carolina on the Dolphins preview episode, really kind of put his his stamp on approval of the Cam Smith pick because of those instincts and how it really translates or is portable to the Vic Fangio defense. So I wanted to ask Cam Smith, how does this defense translate to a player that has instincts like you showed in college um a lot of a lot of kind of you wouldn't you're not really going to call it help because you're not you really don't think about having the help in, uh, during the play but a lot of moving pieces to the defense so it's a lot of windows that are cut off and stuff like that so having that and then having a, a corner like me just having the instincts to go in and go get it you can just have a lot more pass breakers a lot more picks with uh with the defense that we're uh, running so there was a very competitive red zone period in that practice today where more of the same, just everything was super tight. Every pass was contested. The offense got some of theirs. I thought Tua did a really good job of finding outlets and finding the short game to the running backs, the tight end, and putting them in positions to run after the catch. Had a really good throw to Braxton, Berri- Braxton Berrios down by the front pylon. And I watched the practice today with O.J. McDuffie, who loves him, some Braxton Berrios. Go figure, right? O.J.'s uh, skill set kind of translates to what Braxton Berrios does so well from his playing days. And there was a, a catch where Barrios caught it short of the of the front pylon and, of course, by the sideline. And just the way he was able to transition, kind of flip the hips and pivot upfield and fall forward into the end zone, I was like, like that seems so innocuous, Juice, but not many guys like have that ability to, to find that way forward. And he said that was my game, too, was catch the ball near the sticks and make sure you get it past the sticks, or in this case, the goal line. And we just kind of marveled at how these fine details keep showing up within Braxton Barrios's game and how you can really appreciate that and how fitting it is that his wide receivers coach is Wes Welker, who that was his entire career, you know, making plays where he was just smarter than the opposition, put himself in the right spot by his preparation, his film study, and overall just football acumen. I think you're seeing a lot of that with Braxton Berrios. But the defense, like I said, was also very contested on a lot of these plays. We had hands-on footballs. Uh, Javon Holland had a pick that was a really nice play off a deflection from Xavier Howard working around the top of a route on Cedric Wilson with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. He pokes it into the air and Javon gets the pick and brings it back for six. We saw the, the really good Deshaun Elliott pick down the field. That was off of a pass from Tua where he got range and found his depth and found the landmark on a deep sh- attempt to Braxton Berrios again. And Elliott really skied over the top of that and made the play in a really impressive fashion where he kind of got up there. And you, you heard me talking about, you know, you, I think he said over the top of the dome on that interview with him. It's because he skied over the top of both he and the corner and pulled that ball down, really kind of showing the playmaking skills that he alluded to in that interview. So just it's funny how I was really focused on safety today and both Deshaun and Javon got picks and really the entire secondary just continues to pass things off and understand their rules and really clamp down. And I think it really shows itself both in how they limit the deep passing game, but also how they defend in the red zone where things do get super tight. Now, Tua did have a couple of absolute seeds, Tyreek Hill. You saw the one video on social media where he just took a, a, a takeoff route, threw it up top, and Ethan Bonner was in really good shape on that play. 
but the ball just went right over the top, right in stride. Tyreek catches it, takes off for six. The play before that I thought was even more impressive, and I want to play some sound for you here in a moment with Frank Smith where I, I asked him about you know how the Dolphins found success throwing the ball outside in that preseason game and how that can kind of counter what you were successful with last year with all the middle of the field passing and how this offense now seems to really have even more capabilities of stressing or stretching the entire field and stressing every blade of glass plate of grass that forces the defense to defend every blade of grass with all the speed they have and the quarterback that processes so well and plays the game from the head up so or the neck up so sharply with how he just kind of drills in these fine details and can get the ball out fast and processes things so quickly and you know to OJ's credit again or OJ's point he, he talked about how just watching two in these practices compared to last year looks everything looks sharper it looks like there's more zip on the ball he looks faster and more athletic which obviously you love to hear that so I do want to come back and play that sound from Frank Smith. Let's go ahead and finish up this segment here with back in the defensive backfield. I got sound from Ronaldo Hill on Javon Holland and Deshaun Elliott. Let's go ahead and play it first on Javon Holland. I think it just gives you the element of other things that what, what can you do within, within the system. Uh, you know, uh, like I say, he's a, he's a major talent. Uh, you know, one of the best I've, I've been around since I've coached uh, as far as the coverability. Uh, tackling, boss track, and uh, just running the show back there. Um, he has all those elements, so um, really excited what he brings to the table and uh, um, excited for him moving forward. And then, of course, on Deshaun Elliott. Yeah, he's, he's definitely dove right into the system. Uh, he asks a lot of good questions. Um, you know, uh, the reps that we, you know, he's in there with Javon, I, I see him taking ownership and trying to command his part. So, you know, everything I've been seeing about him has been really positive. Uh, you know, we got a, you know, some good guys back there that's really been competing and pushing uh, to play opposite Javon. So, um, but everything I've been seeing so far, uh, loving what I'm seeing. Let's go ahead and take a break right there and come back on the other side and hear from Frank Smith, hear from Vic Fangio. We'll hear from Austin Clark and Anthony Campanelli. Plenty to come here on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I mentioned the picks from Deshaun Elliott and Javon Holland. Elijah Campbell had his hands on a football in the end zone and did not secure the catch. And it was kind of cool to see both Deshaun and Javon really getting on Elijah about giving, giving him 20 push-ups. And I guess it's supposed to be 10 when you don't catch an interception in the field, but when you drop one in the end zone, it's 20 push-ups. So Elijah kind of got on it from the other guys uh, for dropping that pick. But he continues to put himself in positions to make plays and finds his hands on footballs quite a lot. That safety room is really developing into something where I think you have a lot of versatility, guys that can play the post, come down and play the box, go line up over a slot and cover there. It's just I think that versatility is very – very, very impressive, and I, I think there's some depth in that room as a result of that. So I mentioned on the other side that uh, I was going to hear from Frank Smith on that throwing the ball out to the numbers concept and um, the idea of what we saw in practice with the deep ball to Tyreek today and one down the seam, one up the sideline. Let's go ahead first, though, 
and go back to one last question here, or I guess the first question with Vic Fangio. And you might recall on the on yesterday's podcast and yesterday's media availability from Mike McDaniel, he mentioned some similarities and differences between he and Vic Fangio. So Fangio was asked the same question. What are some similarities between you and the head coach, Mike McDaniel? I think similarities are, you know, we kind of do look at the schematic part of the game in a like manner. Obviously, our personalities and way way about going going about doing things is different, but um, no different than anybody else. You're similar in some ways, different in others. All right, so I've touched on it a few times now. Let's go ahead and play the audio from Frank Smith on how this offense wants to be able to attack all parts of the field. And again, we saw it successful last year in multiple parts, but primarily the middle of the football field. And then in preseason, in that last game, a really couple of good throws to the outside, you know, working off leverage to Durham Smythe, throwing out wide to Braxton Berrios, working off that wall defender in the middle of a zone coverage. Really impressive stuff there from Tua and Berrios. Let's go to the Dolphins' OC on working all parts of the field to maximize the skills you have on offense. You know, this time of year, we're obviously working on our execution in all phases of the offense. So whether it's inside or outside the numbers, I mean, it's vital for us to understand what we're trying to accomplish the concept so I mean it's all about what the defense presents all right what we're trying to attack all right with inside of it so the opportunity to work that part of the offense is great and, you know like this next week uh, each day we're having emphasis points so uh, continued growth and emphasis in that area has been great for us so on that vertical throw that Tua had to Tyreek before the one that you saw he really did a good job of dropping this football like I continue to be so impressed by Tua's ball placement, and OJ mentioned this during practice too, was just really raving about the locations that Tua gives his receivers a chance to make a play on. It's fun to watch practice with a guy who did this for almost a decade at this level who can really appreciate you know, a quarterback giving him the maximum opportunity to make a play. There was a throw into the end zone to Eric Azucama down in the red zone period where he and the DB were running towards the back pylon, and it was really well covered. There was really nothing there, but Tua kind of threw it high and behind Ezukama and gave him a chance to make a play, and Ezukama tips the ball one-handed and lays out and makes a one-handed catch in the end zone, and he ended up not getting both feet down, and so it's incomplete, and, you know, it looks, if you're just, you know, watching as a first-time football viewer, like, oh, that ball was behind him, but the intentional placement to put him into that position to give him a chance we see that so often. To watch that with OJ was just really cool from that perch above the indoor facility. And so then we came back with the two deep shots. And obviously, anytime you can drop it in stride to Tyreek downfield for a long touchdown, that's a good play. But there was a play just like two snaps prior. There was a, a running play sandwiched in between the two of them. But on this one, I was so impressed because Tua rips it right up the numbers. And Tyreek is like, there's a, tr- a corner trailing underneath and a safety right over the top. And he just, like... I almost would compare it to if you have a car driving past you, like right in front of you down the street, you want to try to throw a football through the driver's side window. Like that's kind of how he had to fit that thing in there. And let's say the car was going, you know, 25 miles an hour. It's not an easy throw, right? But he just jams this thing into the window. Like the only time he could have thrown it was when he did throw it. And the location was the only place he could put it. And that's where he did put it. And so Tyreek just is able to, you know, (laughs) with the way he has his balance and his speed and the way it all comes together, basically does like a little drop step pivot, catches it on the back hip and spins out of the tackle and takes off for another long, I I think a scoring play, if not, you know, a huge gainer. So those two guys finding their rhythm, finding that downfield attack and really having answers to everything a defense can throw at you seems to be kind of the progression of this training camp and putting 
a complete offense together in your second year. We heard Coach McDowell talk about the running game yesterday and how he feels the development of the running game has kind of come into its own in the second year in the system. You see the Dolphins passing attack, having multiple answers to what defenses might do to them. I think you're seeing that play out day in and day out here at Dolphins camp and makes me very excited for the regular season. Let's go ahead and pivot now back to the defensive side of the football. Let's see, what do I want to talk about here? Let's go talk about David Long because he had himself a heck of a football game on Saturday night and talked to the media today a little bit about that game. And let's go ahead and start here with the tackle for loss play he made where he came downhill and and really triggered and and made that huge stick in the backfield. Here's David Long and what he saw and how it felt to make that big TFL behind the line of scrimmage. Um, It feels good. First, I was excited just to get back. I haven't played since last year, so I was excited to get back out there. And just, um, I was just trying to like, that whole drive, I was just trying to make a play. My my big thing is making a play behind the line of scrimmage. So I was just trying to, you know, get a read for the um, stuff I've uh, went against in practice all week and just getting a read for the, the tackles, um, stance and his how heavy he is and his, and his hands and just, you know, just getting back into my, you know, uh, pre-snap reading, just getting back into just football mode. So it just felt good to actually just trust myself and just shoot and just, like, just continue to build on that. I was curious to follow up with David about how the anticipation of really his entire job, how that plays out. Is that something you do, you know, is, does it come together in the film room? Is it something you have to piece together in the 25 seconds you have when, you know, the, the offense breaks the huddle or, or 15 seconds, whatever it might be, where you kind of read cues and stuff? Here he is talking about the ability to anticipate, which is obviously such a strength of his game. Exactly. I'm like, that play, I'm like, this tight end block down, I'm shooting this guy. And then that's exactly what I'm doing. And sometimes, and then like, I think a couple plays later, it was the same play, but I'm like, the whole too big, I don't even, I feel like, I'm off. I'm just, you know, just getting a feel for the game again, you know, just getting back into my, my style of play. That's- and I was also fascinated to see or to hear him talk about beating blocks because I saw him sidestep a pulling guard. I saw him take on a center trying to climb to the second level and just beating him with physicality. It's really impressive to watch. How does that come together in the moment when this game and all the stuff happens in such a flash? It's in the moment, but then it's on the run as well. It's just like, I don't know, he's some big guy, so he could get a jump on me as well. And I either have to square up and run through or square up and shed. It's just like just being able to get a feel for the game that's all let's go ahead and finish up this topic with coach Campanelli Dolphins linebackers coach I asked him the same thing about how David Long's anticipation helps the entire room and really the entire defense make plays Um, I think just there's a good communication uh, when those guys are in together and and really just collectively all of the guys um, I've been pleased with that in camp like just everybody kind of having first of all it being a new uh, system for everybody you know and everybody's communication really has has been a big part of them getting better and better, and they're doing a good job with that, you know. And, and David's really, uh, you know, he obviously has been uh, in Tennessee and did a really good job there and sees the game really well and it's definitely been a good addition for us. A little bit of chatter there in the background. Do apologize for that. Let's go ahead and go right back to camp about the complementary skill sets of David Long and Jerome Baker as we saw both those guys make plays in the game on Saturday. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, David's an explosive guy. Uh, you know, good tackler, a physical guy in the run game, and, you know, Bake is the same way. So it's it's fun to have two guys in there that can run under hit and, uh, you know, are both really sharp guys. So that's been fun. Sort of a sidebar here, but since I had Coach, wanted to ask him what he's seen so far in the growth of Channing Tindall, second-year linebacker. Here's Coach Camp on the former Georgia Bulldog. Yeah, I think he's just 
like I said with a couple of the other guys, becoming comfortable uh, in the system. You know, like anything else, the more reps you get at it, obviously the better you feel. Um, so it's it's a work in progress, but he's doing a good job and, and definitely see improvements, you know, incrementally each week. So. All right, there you go. Let's go ahead and take our last break and come back on the other side. I still have audio from Coach Austin Clark as well as Dolphins tackle Kendall Lamb. Good stuff from both those guys. That's next. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Before we dive back into the audios, let's go ahead and get some more practice notes for y'all. I thought Zach Sealer had one of his most impressive days of work. The way this guy eats up double teams, the way this guy just plays, you know, pretty much any front or call they want to give him, he just handles all of that. It's really impressive to watch him go about his work, especially, you know, taking on someone like Rob Hunt and Connor Williams, two very good players, and he just kind of bangs with those guys, and they trade wins back and forth. But Sealer getting hands on football still, I just... It's so nice to know what you have in those positions and really across the defense. Like me and OJ were talking about the lineup they run out there, you know, with when it goes ones v ones. And it's just every position, you're like, damn, that's a good player. Oh, that's, an, that's another really good player. This guy that could go to the Pro Bowl this year. It's just, this defense has a lot of talent, man. I think it's coming together for him. One of my favorite plays was they, they threw a quick route to Eric Ezukama, and he took off up the sideline after being tagged off. And we've seen Christian Wilkins do this, we've seen Jalen Phillips do it. This time it was Phillips who. Took off after Ezukama, and Ezukama's what was he like a four, like a four four eight or a four five forty, just really fast. JP takes off after him down the field and actually like kept with him and caught up to him, and uh, you know kind of like ripped the proverbial or imaginary flag he would have if you're playing flag football. I was like, look at 15 down there. Like that guy's what 250 pounds or whatever he is, just running full speed down the field, keeping up with wide receivers. <laughs> what a specimen he is! So they had a bunch of good stuff. Now Savon Ahmed, as I sit here and praise the defensive line work, he had himself another big run today. Not that dissimilar to the big run against the Houston Texans. Man, he took off and was was out the gate for another big run. I think he might have finished this one with a potential touchdown if he could have ran away from. I think it was Eli Apple on the play. So Savon Ahmed continues to hit the big plays. Uh, offense had some plays, defense had some plays as well. Let's go back to the defensive side here and hear from Coach Clark because a guy that continues to fascinate me is Deshaun Hand. And the way that Deshaun Hand has shown up and really made plays, you know, Vic Fangio praised him in his press conference a little bit. Let's go ahead and hear from Coach Clark on Deshaun Hand's arrival and the impact he's had already. Yeah, uh, physical player, heavy hands. Um, You know, obviously he's played a lot of ball. He's come in with a workman's like mentality every day. Very, very smart, you know. Um, And uh, again, you know, it's only been two weeks with him, but I think he's done a great job so far. And then, of course, in that defensive line room that Coach Clark has, you have so many players who've been together for a while now. What's it like bringing in a new guy and integrating him into a room where there's so much familiarity and so much friendships and bonds that have been uh, developed over the last several years? Here's Coach on how Deshaun Hand's fitting in. I'll say what's been great about him is, you know, there's some background being around Raekwon at Alabama. Uh, and from a technique perspective, um, you know, he plays with his hands. He's, he's a really physical guy. And I would say the one thing people might not know about him is how smart this guy is. 
Um, you know, he originally wanted to be a civil engineer at Alabama, and he's picked up things so fast, and it feels like he's been here for a couple months, even though it's only been two weeks. Lastly, I think that Emmanuel Ogba had a really good game on Saturday night and coming off of a good preseason debut against the Atlanta Falcons. And I think that today's practice, we saw another TFL where he just uses those long arms of his to really hold the point and get off blocks and make plays, especially in the running game. And I, I talked to Coach Clark about that play in the Houston Texans game where they had those run stuffs after the initial interception, the two are through, and how they pretty much gave nothing in the ground game. And a lot of that was based upon Sealer and Ogba and, and uh, Raekwon Davis and Deshaun Hand really holding the point, and especially Ogba off the edge. And you think about Ogba's skill set and how he's kind of different from the rest of the guys in terms of what he offers. I wanted to ask Coach Clark about the value of that and the versatility Emmanuel Ogba offers. Yeah, his, his versatility is huge for us. And I would say Ogba's done a phenomenal job learning different roles and, and to go pop into that game in the first play, we're down there. And, and throw that in there. I thought he did a great job. And, uh, you know, for him, if, if you're not as smart as he is, you may not be able to handle a lot of roles, but um, he's done a heck of a job. And, and uh, you know, he's going to keep getting better and better. All right, I wanted to conclude the podcast with a couple of sound bites here from Kendall Lamb, who discussed playing in the second year of the offense, even though it was just 32 snaps a season ago. What's the benefit of coming back in this offense and playing in the second year? Uh, familiarity with anything helps, um, especially being with the guys, especially hearing the calls. You know, last year when I came in, <laughs> to be completely real with you, when I came in towards halfway through the season, it's like I understood, but at the same time, like not being able to go through this time and this process is major, um, especially, I mean, this is being year nine for me. I, I look forward to training camp because this is the time where you really get to grind. This is the time where I get to this is the time where I truly get to put the weight on someone each and every day. And then at the same time, like, of course, when the season comes, we don't necessarily do this as much. So it's like for me, hearing the calls, getting on the same page with Liam, Isaiah, Rob, Rob, like I just love being able to do that now. So not having that last year was different, but it's been beautiful to do it now. And then I asked him, do you look at your own tape, the 32 snaps you did have, or do you go back and watch last year's Dolphins tape? How do you ensure that that familiarity within the system can be really drilled down and make it second nature for you at this point in your career? Um, I mean, the biggest thing for me, I look at a, I look at a culmination of everybody. You know, I, I see it from T's eyes. Last year I saw it from Greg Little's eyes, B. Shell's eyes. I always picked their brains and saw what they like, kind of see it through the same set. Um, but now that I've had the ability to do it more, and now that I've had the ability to put my hand in the dirt on both sides and get, you know, a, a good amount of reps. I mean, I go off of that, but don't get it twisted. I never, I never forget what we talked about in those situations because when certain things happen, you always want to pull from that. So. Finally, asked Kendall a question about playing either side, both tackle positions, which he's played both of in his career a lot, and he kind of, you know, not unsolicited, but sort of unsolicited, gave me a great answer here about Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips. Here's Kendall Lamb when I asked him, do you get a chance to kind of get different perspectives when you watch or when you see the game from both left tackle and right tackle? Not really, he says, but he gives you some good stuff here on 15 and 2. Um, I mean, as I said before, to be honest, left and right is its own entity. Like, I go from left, you go to the right side, it's a brand new place. It's a brand new field. You know, that's like you know, CEO to COO, like it, that's just how I look at it because it's completely different. You know, your timing with your hands, your timing with your steps, opening up a certain way, you know, kicking a certain way. It just, it's beautiful to be put into that conflict, to be honest, because to do it now, especially against Chubb and Phillips, like they're very good. So it's like when I go to the right tomorrow, whenever I get to see Jalen, when I go back to the left, you see Chubb. So you got to bring your A game no matter what because they're very good. So it makes you, it makes you really get with the program real, real fast. 
All right, there we go. We have two more days of camp practice, both tomorrow and on Thursday. We'll have you guys covered with that. We'll have our usual Friday kind of pregame podcast where you take a look at the preseason finale. Big Seth's going to love that, the end of the exhibition season. And then, of course, Saturday night, the game recap podcast on Sunday. We'll do it all back next week and have some supplementary content for you guys, some interviews we're going to play here on the show. Plenty of content coming your way ahead of Dolphins and Chargers on September the 10th. It's right around the corner. But until then, until tomorrow, I should say, that's going to be my time here on the Drive Time Podcast. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Go ahead and leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Pod with me or with Seth and Juice, the postgame show with me, Seth and Juice on the iHeart app, app on Big FM 105.9 and WIOD, as well as our team YouTube channel for media availabilities. Dolphins Today, there's fish tank and drive time content up there as well. All kinds of stuff for everybody. And last but not least, the training camp notebook up on MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. Carolina Cameron, Daddy.